and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon, and usually this is where Sammy introduces herself, but unfortunately, Sammy couldn't make it for this week's episode. Uh, we are still determined to meet deadlines this year, so the show must go on. Today, as a fun surprise, I am joined by book talk sensation, Sarah Thompson. Welcome to the pod, Sarah. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome. Uh, Sarah is a 25-year-old hopeless romantic with a contemporary romance obsession. She started her book talk journey in spring of 2020 and has seen massive success with her book reviews and book-related posts. If it has a cute cartoon cover on it and a promise of a happily ever after, she's going to read it. There is no book of the moment for today's episode. Instead, Sarah and I are going to be discussing the online realm of readers and how social media has revolutionized reading on a global scale. Without further ado, let's get into it. Okay, so we have, uh, I, I like have some topics that I'd like to discuss, but ultimately mm-hmm. this is a very Sarah-centered episode. Ooh. It's usually a very <laughs> Sam and Sammy-centered episode, and this is Sarah-centered episode. So <laughs> <laughs> you have the particular um, advantage of being like a person of the moment kind of on Book Talk, uh, which you were actually one of the first book talk accounts that I followed when I was really getting into like, okay, I want to just strictly follow book talk people. (laughs) I'm tired of um, the random videos on Mm -hmm. my feed. I like just the straight book talk videos. Uh, Mm -hmm. And one of the, one of your book takes that I particularly appreciated was yours on punk 57. You like posted a TikTok where you were like, this book is gross because it's about teenagers. And I was like, yes, why is nobody saying this? Um, and that's where my obsession with you grew from. So, <laughs> uh, but as you mentioned in our brief discussion the other day, um, you got back into reading kind of in the middle of this pandemic. Yeah, essentially. Still living in. Yeah, <laughs> Tell me about the, that. The middle, that's still not really the middle. I think it's the <laughs> beginning still sometimes. Yeah, who um, knows? Yeah. I, so I am like reader and up until last year would read like one or two books a summer like I'm the kind of gal who's gonna sit on the beach sit by the pool read a book but then never pick up a book the rest of the year and then goals (laughs) rom-coms specifically rom-coms yes like contemporary romance the cute cartoon covers um I just devoured them part of that was book talk I found I was getting more recommendations from romances from book talk um so like last year in 2021 yeah that's crazy this is 2022 um last, last year I read from January to June three or four books and then from June to December read 37 ish books Um, okay and because i found book talk in like may (laughs) right i I got book talk is so crazy for a variety of reasons like i am definitely the kind of person who like i read a lot when i was in high school and then when Mm -hmm. i got to college i just like you know worked full-time and was a student Mm full-time and I didn't really have time to read I would read like maybe five books a year when I was in college that weren't (laughs) textbooks yeah Uh, (laughs) and then the pandemic happened and I had a lot of time over the summer 
And I found Book Talk and I was like, wow, there's so many books that were published mm-hmm. in the last like four years that I haven't been reading that I'm mm-hmm. like, I have to read this. Yep. Um, and here we are, like in 2021, I think I read like 90 books. Oh, wow. Out of That's the awesome. year. Um, I don't know. <laughs> that could be indicative <laughs> of the fact that I have no life. Um, <laughs> but I think like the thing about book talk is I keep picking up recommendations mm-hmm. and it feels like my TBR is just yep. like infinite. <laughs> yeah. My, how do you, how do you feel like you're able to stay caught up on like what's relevant? You know what I mean? Especially because you're yeah. making content around this niche group. Mm-hmm. It is really hard, to be honest. <laughs> um, I My TBR, so I have a physical TBR and then I have like my Goodreads list. Um, my physical TBR is this Leaning Tower of Pisa S <laughs> like stack on my bedside table. Um, Respect. And it is absolutely insane and a lot of the books like I'm looking at it now a lot of the books are actually like old that I just haven't read yet and by old I mean mm-hmm. like old on book talk um mm-hmm. like they were they're not necessarily trendy anymore like I just am late to the party um <laughs> because I was late to book talk <laughs> but um it is it, I I wouldn't say I get stressed out about it um because I think for me at least I don't feel the need to be relevant in terms of what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Someone that's not going to have read my favorite books. Like there's right. always someone who's going to come across my page and say, oh, I never read Beach Read. I never read the Brown Sisters trilogy. Um, those are books that I are recommending constantly. Um, <laughs> so I don't feel like that I always am half to reading like the new releases as they're getting released. Um but as long as I'm kind of keeping up with my own reading and posting about whatever I'm reading, um, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm creating content that people are going to want to look at. Whether you've read the book or be enjoyable to you, I feel like. Right. I think it's also fun to definitely branch out from what, like, I would say there's definitely some core books, right, on yes. Talk that are like Absolutely. every couple of months they get a revival, right? And yeah. I find this interesting because – um, we talked briefly about this the other day, but I, I used to follow a little bit of booktube over the mm-hmm. years. Um, and a lot of those books are coming back into circulation now on book talk, but it's as if for the first time yeah. they're becoming popular. You know what I mean? Yep. And I find that so interesting, right? Like obviously core example of this is like Akatar, which like, mm-hmm. if you've read it, you read it. If you haven't, you haven't, but you can't like see it now and be like, this is a new series yeah that's popular you know that no it's a few years old <laughs> and it was popular when it came out but yeah. um I think there's there was just a gap where like a lot of people especially our age who mm-hmm. are really into reading now like kind of had a block <laughs> of time mm-hmm. where they weren't really reading um yeah and so I really think it's interesting like these books keep cycling through and so I think it's really fun um to do like what you're doing where when you just you just found something you liked and you'll talk Mm -hmm. about it and honest to god that's how a bunch of these books start to become trending on book talk anyways uh and i think there's a level of this too that involves like how much does book talk book talk control like the mass publication market (laughs) um you know because i was explaining this phenomenon to um my boyfriend the other day like how 
we've watched over the last decade bookstores closing. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever go to a Borders bookstore? I don't yes. even know if Borders is around there, <laughs> there was, like, one that I remember, for, like, growing up in Boston. Um, I don't. I also don't know if it was necessarily a Boston thing downtown, but I think it's now a Barnes & Noble. Yeah, like, I remember or, there used to be a Borders yeah. at the mall in my hometown, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when it closed, and everybody was like, well, where are we going to get our books from now? I guess it's yeah. Barnes & Noble. And then even you've seen Barnes & Noble has taken it. Like, there was a time where... Barnes and Noble and Amazon together were competing to like take over small bookstores basically. Yeah. So small independent bookstores in your towns probably all closed down. That happened. Mm-hmm. To me. And then it was like Barnes and Noble v Amazon. And then Amazon has been slowly beating out Barnes and Noble and Barnes and Nobles have been closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like nobody was reading for a long time. And that's why there was this threat on bookstores. And now over the last two years, you see more books being purchased now, physical copies and mm-hmm. EPUBs now than like in the last five years combined, yeah, which is really crazy. interesting. And we saw like a, a book publication shortage over the like November, December yeah. of 2021. Um, and th- I just think this is so interesting. And as I, I know you like to read both EPUBs and mm-hmm. physical books, but what do you think about this like weird the power that book talk has over controlling <laughs> how many books of one specific book are going to be purchased. I think I well, I personally I do read on my Kindle, but I'm a purchaser of books. Like I am someone who <laughs> nine times out of ten I'm going to buy the book, whether mm-hmm. I read it or not, which is a own its own discussion. Um, <laughs> but I also like I think it's crazy. Like someone like me, I didn't read in college. I didn't read until really the past year like I was not owning books other than like the couple of books I bought in high school because I was obsessed with them um (laughs) as every high schooler has their books that they're obsessed with um but then I look at like my I have a cousin who's five years younger than me she is a junior in college and her and her friends are all like getting into reading like they read on their breaks they read like when they have time at Mm -hmm. school and I'm like I was never like that and I feel like (laughs) none of my friends were like that but all of them are like that because they're seeing people reading on the internet and they're like, you know what? It is cool to read. I almost yeah. feel like book talk made reading cool again. <laughs> yeah. I, I fully agree with you here because there was definitely a time where it was like, you know, not to be that, not like other girls kind of. Yeah, right now, exactly. But where when you were like the reader, that was like lame. Like I recall yeah. having people like I had a few frenemies I guess in middle school (laughs) high school who were like you read that's like means you have no life and like okay true right but you didn't have to call it like it was yeah (laughs) um and now it's like no reading's cool if you're not reading you're not cool exactly like you can't get around saying oh I haven't read a book in years anymore yeah I think for me like I'm not watching the latest Netflix shows and that's why I can read so much Mm -hmm. like I think it's just one vice or the other. Either you're binging television and watching a million movies and TV shows, or you're like me and reading 10 rom-coms a month. Absolutely. Consuming it that way. Absolutely. And isn't that interesting how this is changing right now, especially like, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, like you said, there are cool Netflix shows that are coming out and things like this that people are binging. But Mm -hmm. there's almost, I would say, like a connotation to that now of, like, if you are binging TV shows, you have no life. Yeah, like, it's this lazy idea of sitting yeah. on the couch. it's a passive thing yeah. that you're doing. 
versus like reading is an active a thing (laughs) yeah and i think too Um, like if you're sitting down and watching a show most people me included are also on their phone yep so you're not actually watching the show whereas if i'm reading my phone's dead to the world like it does not exist i'm not answering it Yep, I'll see you at the end of this book. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That is when I will check my notifications. But no, I completely agree. I think like there's this weird dynamic that and like chokehold that reading has Mm -hmm. over, especially like our generation. And I would say even to like 16 year olds right now, you and I are both on book Twitter. And Mm -hmm. I see like it that first of all, crazy, right? That book Twitter is so big as well. Yeah. Um, like, Twitter has always been the place for the stands, but mm-hmm. I would say, like, right now, book Twitter is, like, at its peak. I think, like, I have, like, 500 book Twitter mutuals. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. That's crazy that there are 500 individuals behind their phones and computers who are like, yeah, no, we like the same books. Let's mm-hmm. do this. What? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. What a strange dynamic that the internet has over all of these books right now. Um and also how that is translating into what books are being popular, right? Yeah. Like you recall when um, The Love Hypothesis came out in September. Ooh, you cannot and, avoid it. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and in August, right, is when Book mm-hmm. of the Month released their edition of it. Yep. Nobody had heard of this book. Not yeah. a soul. And then all of a sudden it was like sold out everywhere yeah. before with pre-orders. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. And you can see the the effects of like certain bookstores not picking up books because they don't know if it's going to be a hit, Mm -hmm. you know, like my local bookstore is Powell's books and they didn't have the love hypothesis when it came out. And I was like, well, you're going to regret not having that. Yeah. I'm seeing it's being sold out everywhere. So, (laughs) but what do you think about this weird dynamic that bring, especially bringing in like independently published books Mm -hmm. and making those like something accessible? I think it's, crazy how quickly one single book by an author who's either never written a book before or an author who has books that are just not super popular can just blow up on TikTok. I think it's partially the algorithm. I think every TikTok you post has the ability to go viral, whether it's an actual video that you want to go viral <laughs> or not. It The way TikTok picks things up is absolutely crazy it can go on anyone's for you page essentially and like i think the love hypothesis is a really good example like i had never heard of ali hazelwood i had never heard of that book and then all of a sudden it was non-stop all over my for you page <laughs> for months and it, it's yep. still all over my for you page like people are still talking about that book i've not actually read it yet um but i own it um <laughs> I just haven't gotten around to it, but it's, it's, it's unavoidable that book. And it's, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for TikTok. Like, I don't think she would have the fame that she does if TikTok hadn't picked up that book and fallen in love with, I don't even remember the guy's name in that book. His name is Adam. Adam. Yes. I don't remember. I also, I read it like in a day when it came out, I bought like the EPUB on my Kindle because I couldn't (laughs) find it anywhere else in physical copy. And I was like, no, I know. Well, everybody's reading it. I need yeah. to read it. You know, it's like drugs right now. <laughs> like, yeah, it, essentially, it, it, it really if is. If you're not, if you're not doing it, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like I haven't read it yet and I do feel left out. <laughs> yeah. And it, I feel this way so much with all these books. It's crazy. Yeah. It is. I think that is my one. 
I don't want to say issue, but like I do, there's so many books and I just don't have the time to read them all. And I want mm-hmm. to read them all and everyone's talking about them. Um, but there's also, there's some books that people are talking about and I want to be a part of the conversation, but I also think like, I don't even know if I would like that book, like Akatar. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be a part of the Akatar, like talking about it, but I am, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little too dumb for fantasy books. it's not a high fantasy series to be fair it's really not that it's not complicated oh i'm it's very much focused around (laughs) it's very much focused around romance and smut so (laughs) maybe maybe it just happens to be fantasy elements in it (laughs) i know like we we talk about uh, frequently like um sarah j mass has like a lot of controversies around her and Mm, things like that mm -hmm. and i think this is also an interesting thing with book talk is sometimes you're just introduced to a book Yes. And then, like, months later, you'll learn about, like, a very random controversy. Yes. That you're like, oh. And it's, like, for example, like, I, I won't go too far into the Sarah J. Mass controversy because her two main issues, from what I understand, are she doesn't write very diverse characters, mm-hmm. which I agree with. I'm, like, 90% sure, though, that the guys in Akatar are all, like, supposed to be east asian but i'm not Mm -hmm. positive right Uh, i don't know but but, (laughs) hey descriptions are so up in the air i don't remember them at all i picture whoever i want to picture um yep (laughs) and then her other one is people say she's um like a zionist oh but i also wonder how far that goes because she's just jewish right like (laughs) i don't know how far yeah people go to make anyone who's jewish like evil right yeah that still yeah. happens um versus like i don't know right like it, these yeah. these are so complex issues that you just say oh sarah j mass is canceled because she's controversial okay mm-hmm. yeah. well then okay then okay yeah you've turned me off from reading those books but to what extent is this controversy like accurate and i we see this a lot with with different authors who blow up really quickly mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. fall down really quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, with uh, what, what's that series right now that the author's getting canceled? It's like the it's like some mafia book series. Oh, um, well, there's the there's one where there's I don't know if I think I'll, I'll get twisted up in my head. I don't read <laughs> mafia books. Me I know there's, there's one <laughs> where there's a fbi agent falls in love with a serial killer but i don't know if that's just an absurd topic or if the author's getting canceled oh i've heard of that one it's called like the mindfuck series or something like that right i, I don't know i have no idea i was I just... talking about the one that's like obsession or something like that i don't, I don't know what they're called but they were like really big on book talk for a while and like interesting all, all of the um i'm trying to think of who made that one popular it might have been like amen you know Ooh, she, maybe. She, she always makes things popular yeah. she was the reason why Addie LaRue was sold out yeah. everywhere in December of 2020 which is crazy that like I mean I know like I, like technically speaking like I am an influencer like I, I understand yeah. that to a degree but at the same time to look at like myself or Eamon's a different example because she has way more followers than I do um but for me and then other people are kind of in that like 60 70 80,000 range where like mm-hmm. I'm selling out books but I get messages every single day saying they bought Beach Read because of me or they bought Take That's a so Hint Danny Brown because of me <laughs> and every single time I'm like what <laughs> you like <laughs> you, what you use your said something was good 
Yeah. I mean, I've definitely bought books at your recommendation. Like, I read Games We Play because you recommended it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, (laughs) And also, like, obviously, uh, the Brown Sisters trilogy. Mm -hmm. I just, by the way, that came in yesterday. I'm very excited for it. Um, You know, but this is so crazy that it's the idea, I think, that TikTok almost feels like how do you call that relationship wise in psychology? Is that like a parasocial relationship where you feel like you yes. know these people because yep. you see them all the time? Yeah. And I feel like especially book talk, because mm-hmm. there's this like there's this connotation that like book people are nerdy. So you yeah. feel like jo- joined together in a community based off of this like nerdy thing mm-hmm. that you all like. And it's so niche, but it feels like, oh, I feel like I know these people. So when they give me a recommendation, it feels like somebody I know and trust, like one of my friends is giving me a recommendation. Yeah. Which is crazy. (laughs) It's it's absolutely insane. And I also think, too, like the way book talkers create their content, like most of the time it's them talking about a book and it just feels like I say, hey, bestie, all the time. Like (laughs) it just feels like I'm just sitting down talking to my friends the friends happen to be 65,000 people (laughs) (laughs) that I don't actually know. But, and then I do like all my mutuals, like we'll comment back and forth to each other. And I'm like, those are my friends that I've never met in person and may not ever get the chance to meet in person. But those are my friends. (laughs) Right. That's so crazy to me. Before we move on with our conversation, let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. All right, let's continue. So, uh, what were you about to say? <laughs> um... I think just, like, the general idea of book talk being community, Mm -hmm. like, community? Community. See, she reads, but she doesn't want to speak. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A community, like, I have so many, like, recommend each other romance or whatnot and what have you. And I don't have anyone in my life, literally, that will read romance to the degree that I read it I have (laughs) friends that will read it like one of my roommates um I'll like toss a book on her bed and be like this is a must read but I can (laughs) only give her the ones that I know are like 100 um and then I have other friends who like every so often they're like hey I need a book recommendation like the mid-tier books that I want to talk about but I can do that with book talk like that's where I can talk about the books that I didn't necessarily love but I did really like um, mm-hmm. And they're going to have read them and have a conversation with me in my comments, which is so crazy and fun. Like every single time it happens. I will quite literally read anything. Like if you toss it my way, I'll read it. <laughs> um, but isn't, does, do you also get this cool feeling where when somebody asks you for a book rec and you have like an A tier book, you know, like a yeah. God tier book that you can recommend. And then they just think you're like the best at recommending books because you gave them like god tier recommendations yes say one of my friends right now is reading beach read Mm -hmm. which is my favorite book of all time like it is like absolutely the best book i've ever read and she has been like texting me nonstop about it (laughs) and now she's like okay now give me more books to read and i'm like okay you have to understand that was the best of the best (laughs) 
<laughs> it is going to go down a little bit from here. They're going to be good, but it is going to go down a little bit. But yep. it's still, it's a really cool feeling when people you love are reading the things that you love. Like, it's one of my, it's like my love language, like, essentially. Absolutely. I feel the same way. I love, like, recommending books to, I, I have a couple of friends in New York who are, like, in college and a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really into reading right now and I'm like I don't know how you have time but okay good for for you like good for you because I did not um and I'll give them recommendations and recently I recommended like or like over the past year I've done like Song of Achilles Mm -hmm. Beach Read People We Meet on Vacation you know Mm -hmm. like the core book talk books that were really good you know Mm -hmm. and I just get such a feeling of like elation when mm-hmm. she texts me and be- is like, oh my God, that was like the best book I've ever read. Like, what's your next recommendation? Like, it just feels good. Just makes it, me it, feel good. <laughs> it's like the best when they actually enjoy it too. Yes. Like, it's one thing for them to read it and be like, okay, yeah, that was really good. But when they're like, this is fantastic. I understand why you told me to read it. Like, I'm mad I didn't read it th- like long ago. That mm-hmm. is like the best feeling for me. Absolutely. Okay, so there's something else I really want to talk about. And this is um, a very strictly book talk phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It is when I don't know if you get these on your for you page. I don't know why I get them on mine. I don't interact <laughs> with them. Um, but what do you think about this random influx of like straight white men on book talk who you can feel don't actually read? Yeah, or like are faking it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they start to pick up popular books like Akatar or whatever, uh, to like appeal to their female audiences. Like yeah. there was that guy, I don't know his name, he's like a basic white boy who's a ginger, right, with freckles, and he like yes. picked up punk punk 57 because yes. people were reading it, and then he like threw it in a trash or threw it in a toilet or something. I don't yeah. know. I was, like, on the outskirts of this meme that was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this other white guy. I don't know his name. I think his name is Eric and Eric Reads or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, always, like, let's reenact chapters 54 and 55 from Akatar Book 2, which is, like, a, a smut scene, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, at some point, we can feel that this is fake. So I want to mm-hmm. understand, like, what – why? <laughs> why does yeah. this happen? <laughs> I think I, – so I, I think I follow Eric. Um, I don't think we're mutuals, but I, like I like his other content, <laughs> but th- like those specific things, I'm like, oh, like I know you're just reaching, and and I do probably think that like a huge chunk of his followers are women, so 100%. I understand almost where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Part of me, I I am a social me- media manager, like in right. my day job, so <laughs> I understand <laughs> pandering to your audience, but <laughs> if there's just something so like. The only word that comes to mind is icky. Yeah. Icky and cringe, I think. Icky and cringe. (laughs) And especially, like, at least, like, he, at least I know, like, he's reading to some extent. Whereas other, (laughs) the other, like, kind of white guys that pop up, usually I don't actually get their videos. I usually get a stitch or, like, someone talking about (laughs) it, which I love for me. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, okay, now you're just trying to make girls like you mm-hmm. in not a manipulative way but it is like bordering on manipulation almost yeah. because I'm like I know you don't like that and I know you're only doing this to think to make girls think that you like it yeah um and it just feels like it's very like calculated yeah and 
I, my biggest gripe with men, this is a whole other conversation, <laughs> but my biggest gripe with men is that they think they know women and they're mm-hmm. like, women are so easy. I know what they want. And it's never right. No, it never is. <laughs> like, that is not even remotely close. Like, have you ever spoken to a woman? Cause they don't want that. It's all about the male gaze versus female gaze. Yes. Like, Women can read a man so easily because they're easily readable. But men exactly. think they can read women based on what other men say, which is yeah. never true. <laughs> exactly. It's it's wild to me. It is I'm like, seriously, have you never spoken to a single woman in your life because it sounds like you haven't? Literally. And it's like I I've complained um in a past episode about uh my red flag books if mm-hmm. men are recommending those on tiktok yep. right uh one of them is love in the time of cholera i don't know if you're much of a classics reader i'm not but i no. tried to be um <laughs> and i like gabrielle garcia marquez so i was like oh i will i've never read this one so i'll read it mm-hmm. and it's quite li- and it, i read it because it was recommended by a male book talker mm-hmm. and so i was like okay cool i'll, I'll read this um, it's quite literally just a book about a, a guy stalking this girl he wanted to date when they were teenagers throughout her entire life until her husband dies. And then on the day of his funeral, he swoops in to try to like make her like him. And while he's waiting all of these years for her to date him, he's like sleeping with other women and treating them like trash. And then towards the end when he's like 70 years old he starts sleeping with his 14 year old niece who kills herself because he breaks up with her to date the girl he's been in love with his whole life but i'm like this that is a red flag like if a man is loving this book and saying it's the epitome of romance Uh, you can't can't see my face (laughs) because this is a podcast and audio recording my jaw is on the ground i had no idea what the plot of that book was i dude neither did i it was a romance (laughs) during the time of cholera dude and it is during the time of cholera at least that at least the title is accurate to that i don't know if i would call that love in the oh my god more like pedophilia and (laughs) that is (laughs) what the fuck yeah i love explaining the plot of that book to people who haven't read it because they're like you're kidding like you have to be lying there's no way that this is a classic considered romance book I hope you know the second this is over, I will be going to the Love in the Time of Colorado Wikipedia page and reading oh, the entire do. plot synopsis. P- please do. Please do. Trust me. It's so – I was quite literally reading with my jaw on the floor the whole time. I, like, That's... was hate finishing it because I was like, I just need to understand why people like this book because I'm not getting it. <laughs> That's crazy. And, oh, my God. I've hate finished several books in my day. But that is – Yep. Oh, my God. That is, that but you is see, like, this is one of my things where I'm like, if a man is recommending, yeah, sorry, no, ab- up. if a man is recommending this book, red flag. No, That's no, no. <laughs> like the reddest of flags. Like quite literally. Oh, I was my like, God. okay, well, now I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> That's <laughs> I'm going to remove you from my recommendations. Okay. <laughs> We're Jesus. not going back there. Yeah. Jesus I don't Christ. know what it is about. I-, I think that's also a telltale sign, right? Of like guys on book talk who are kind of Mm -hmm. pandering to their female audiences like they think "Ooh, i'm gonna sound so relatable if i say Mm -hmm. i like this book and then it's like well did you get it (laughs) did did you get it (laughs) did you read it or did you just pick it up because everyone else said they liked it i think like the only man on book talk that i 
constantly respect is um that Australian guy, Jaden. Do you do you ever see oh, his videos? I love him. I love him too. But the T is because he's gay. That's why I, he's likable. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> he's not him. trying to pander to his female audience. No, he. You can tell like he just genuinely likes the <laughs> yes, books that he's reading. I love him. I love him. He's great. He's he's probably one of my favorite creators on Book Talk because he just genuinely like blows through books and is like, I'm obsessed with this. I'm he's like, so yeah, funny. I follow. I think I follow a couple guys, but not because I read the books they're reading. Like, most of the time, they're reading either classics or fantasy or, like, other, quote-unquote, male books. Like, they're not actually reading romance. <laughs> um, but, I, like, they're all normal to some yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. I follow schizophrenic reads. He reads mm-hmm. primarily nonfiction, and I feel yep. like I don't read enough nonfiction, so I really like his recommendations. Yes. Uh, and also, there's no pandering. Like, I just, I just appreciate yeah, that's, when it's like, I can feel you're genuine. That's, and that's what cool. I like about the guys that I follow. I think, for the most part, they're just posting about what they like to read, and mm-hmm. whether they have followers now because they're attractive or because they're a guy reading a book, like, they're just still posting what they like to read um which i find to be a very green flag in a man yes agree agree (laughs) completely agree what do you think about like the how do you stay caught up with book talk trends because sammy and i have discussed on the podcast recently too that we Mm -hmm. like really want to get into being active on book talk i think we've posted like like six tiktoks <laughs> in the past year and a half that we've had our tiktok account because we just like we're not the people who want to be on the camera we're yeah. very much like we like podcasts because we don't have mm-hmm. to. um and it, it's also just incredibly difficult to like see a challenge have an idea to like make a unique content experience with this challenge mm-hmm. before the challenge has passed because that's the yeah. thing with tiktok is something will last a day, two, and at most, like, five days. Yeah. it Like, it, we're at the end of this, uh, God, what's the, what's the audio that was going around all week? Oh, no. I don't know. We're going to pretend so I didn't say that. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, there will be, like, an audio that goes around for about three days, and then it's yeah. dead. And then, like, two months later, you'll see somebody, like, convinced like somebody on their social media managing team yep. of uh, a big brand convinced somebody to get online for this yeah. and they used like that audio again and it's like that was like three months ago but yeah. okay tiktok you know. like coming from a social media manager tiktok has like a week-long trend cycle whereas mm-hmm. most like social media moves so damn quickly and it like it is very hard to keep up i think that's why a majority of my content is I like to think not catering to trends so Mm -hmm. much as it is catering to what I want to post. I also think I never wanted to blow up on TikTok. (laughs) I never, like, I never made that a goal. I'm not necessarily trying to grow my audience, (laughs) but (laughs) I think two things happened. I started posting content, eliciting lot of interaction mm-hmm. and i am a social media manager <laughs> right so in the back of you my know head, how it works I think <laughs> my brain is always trying to make something work on social um but it's not necessarily on purpose like i don't care if i hit like i'm not trying to hit a million followers if i ever hit a million followers i'll throw a party <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that's not the goal. My goal right now is to like fit into this community essentially. Um, and so if I see a trend that I want to participate in, usually I'll save the video or save the sound mm-hmm. and I'll try to just do it right then and there. Um, I work from home. And so if I'm home, I'll mostly just like make the video like right off the bat. And if I don't do it, then I, I forget about it and then it never happens. <laughs> um, so, and you'll notice like, if you like scroll through my page, you can tell like I post like six, seven, eight videos, like boom, 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 right in a row, because I'm just like in like this content brain mm-hmm. and like, they all just pop out and it's partially my ADHD partially like maybe I felt like I did my makeup really good that day so like I look pretty <laughs> enough to like post a million videos of myself oh, I love that um or alternatively if I just finished a book I'm like I just want to talk about this book stop and no one in my real life is going to listen to me so let me post it on TikTok <laughs> every single way that I possibly can so that someone's going to see the video so I think right. that's a lot of my quote unquote strategy is um, shit posting, essentially. <laughs> I have nothing but respect for you. Um, what was your what was your video that made you blow up? Do you did you have like one in particular or was it like gradual yes. growth? Okay, what was it? So it was a video. Um, I forget what the like what I actually said, but it was like <laughs> popular books on tick on tiktok that i don't understand why anyone likes and i read them and like they fucking suck or something like something to that effect um and it was basically me just crapping on books (laughs) and that was one of my first book talk posts i think it was maybe like my second or third um and because i was crapping on books people were either commenting and saying (laughs) i was wrong or commenting and agreeing with me or then adding their own books that they read from book talk and hated so that was like my big intro to book talk as a creator at least and then from that people like okay well if you didn't like those ones which ones did you like Mm. so then I started posting ones I did like and people like oh these are really good give us more and I was like okay well I need to read more to give you more and thus, the cy- and thus the cycle began. You cheeky little shitster. <laughs> I love to, that. To this day, like, I still get comments on that video. And then there's <laughs> another video. Um, it's the Punk 57 video saying, like, oh, yeah, what's yeah. the worst book you've ever, or what's the worst book talk book or whatever with the, um, it's, uh, oh, my God, who is it? The sound is, um, who's the worst celebrity? It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I still get comments comment either agreeing with punk 57 being awful or adding their own books um that's so fun to the comments so those two like videos like are still kind of growing which is crazy to me because i think they were in like may and june of last year wow that's like crazy. They, they were a little while like they were at least five or six months ago man that is crazy. What do you it think about um, like the difference of age groups on book talk? Because I I see people who like Punk Fifty Seven or mm-hmm. really like you know maybe YA traditional YA books, yeah. not smutty ones, right? Yeah. Um, that should not be YA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and I see these people, and I can automatically like even without seeing their face, I, I'm like, okay, you're probably under eighteen, mm-hmm. right? 
I can I can pretty much tell that. And then I can also tell usually who's like under 21-ish to 18. Mm-hmm. And then I can tell who's over like 23. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Based on like what books they're recommending or what books they're like saying other people hated but they liked. And I think yeah. Punk, Punk 57 is a big one. Like if you say you like it, 90% of the time I can tell you're probably a teenager and you're like this mm-hmm. because that technically is written for your age group but shouldn't have yeah. been. Yep. Yep. Nope. <laughs> to be clear. Uh, <laughs> but but I can always tell like with these there's so many different groups that it's hard to please everyone by saying you like a specific book, you yes. know? Yeah, and I agree. It's really difficult I think in that regard to like keep um a peaceful community in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Because I'm like, yeah, no, I just genuinely have no interest in reading whatever 16-year-olds are reading. But I respect them enjoying the books that were written for them to read. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think, like, I think Punk 57 is a really good example. It tends to have a younger audience. And I'm really bad at telling people's ages based off their appearance. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> and, like other, like, other things. Like, the only, like... Now that I've read Punk 57, I know most of the time if you're recommending it, if it's one of your favorites, you're going to be younger. Yeah. Um, or alternatively, you read it when you were younger. Um, mm-hmm. But most of the time it is a younger person. But before that, I was just assuming like, oh, these people look to be my age. So I'm going to like <laughs> this book. That was a lie. Um, but I also think that like, I think most of my interactions on BookSock are positive like, yes, I will talk crap about a book on mm-hmm. Book Talk, but I really will only talk poorly of books that, like, were awful. <laughs> like, Punk 57 was a book that, like, I hated and will never, ever, ever recommend to anyone. And I, I truly don't understand why people like it. Um, <laughs> so, like, that one I talk about, like, poorly. There's other books where, like, if I didn't finish it because it was, I, like, I problematic i'll talk Mm, about mm -hmm. it poorly but if i didn't finish it just because i didn't like the writing like i don't really talk about it poorly because i'm like someone else could like this right it just the writing wasn't speaking to me as a person um but if it's problematic in any way i i'm gonna crap on it and most of the time people are just gonna agree with me so i don't i don't feel like i'm kind of setting up like battlegrounds in my comment right. section most of the time <laughs> there are there are always people that are gonna fight for their books um mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen super often i think i've probably only gotten in i guess a comment fight like once or twice and it they were resolved pretty quickly right i think it's really interesting to see like the rise of books and the fall of books like yeah um i i feel like it's so hard to be neutral on book talk yes you know um and i think that it's i I like your stance where you're like i'm not gonna shit on something just because it was like a meh Mm -hmm. book you know if it's truly horrible yeah i'm gonna shit on it but i I, because you know like most people like nobody wants to hear that you don't like the thing they liked no that sucks (laughs) it is really shitty and it's like i get frustrated like when people don't like beach read or it happened one summer and all of the reasons for not liking them are valid and i'm like you know what i get it but i'm like oh that's like one of my favorite books (laughs) so it's frustrating 
Right. But I also think too, as a book talker, like so many authors follow me, whether I know they follow me or I oh, don't. Scary. And it is terrifying. <laughs> like I will post a book and then sometimes people will comment and tag the author. And I'm like, no, first of all, absolutely do not <laughs> ever do that. Second of all, like the review that I gave was not that bad, but I still don't necessarily need the author to know I didn't like it. Like, yeah, sp- that's why I won't like I won't leave a review on Goodreads if it's negative. Like I'll put my no. little star rating, but yeah. I won't leave unless it was horrible. Like Love in the Time of Cholera, I left yeah. a I left a review on, but like I won't leave a review if I just didn't like it because I know authors, despite their best judgment, are checking Goodreads yes, to see exactly. what people are thinking of them. And I know if I publish something that I was genuinely proud of and I yes. went online and saw people shitting on it for being a pretty mid book, I'd be yeah. so sad. Yeah. And I think too, like, again, unless it's problematic, like I right. read a book where the author was white and they were writing a biracial half black character and they referred to that character as Beyonce like 17 times. <laughs> they described her skin color as mocha. They Like they just did a piss poor job of writing a biracial character Mm -hmm. and as a biracial person i was like absolutely fucking not like you cannot (laughs) be doing this but even like like the hating game is another book that i heavily disliked but Mm -hmm. i don't really talk about how much i dislike it because it wasn't a bad book the plot was just really boring for me (laughs) so like i get like like i understand to a degree why people like it the degree is very small but (laughs) (laughs) like I don't necessarily talk about disliking that book because what I disliked about it was just that it was boring it wasn't poorly written it wasn't problematic for the most part I she does say the r word I guess but Mm -hmm. I don't remember that at all I just blacked (laughs) it out I believe people that it must be in there but I don't I don't remember it at all um and I also, like, I finished it and had an enjoyable experience reading it. But just looking back on it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not that good. Like, that was not right. that great of a book. But that author put so Like, I don't think people understand how long it takes to write a book. Yeah. Like, I it, think in this day and age, people really have it twisted on how long it takes. Because you yeah. see authors like Jennifer Armentrout, right? She mm-hmm. writes the From Blood and Ash series. Mm-hmm. She pumps out these 600 plus page books like once a year. I don't mm-hmm. know how she does that. She's psycho. But I think now there's this kind of idea that because some authors can do that, that all authors should be doing that. Yes. And that's crazy. Quality is... over quantity. <laughs> Ex- exactly. Like you look at someone like um oh uh what's his face who uh oh my god an author a male yes author? male author uh not stephen king um he james Patterson. oh yeah who obviously has <laughs> if he writers. really is yeah <laughs> yeah obviously has ghostwriters but i think people see but don't believe that there's ghostwriters um yeah. <laughs> or alternatively like they think romance is easy to write uh-huh. um and uh, my stance is that if you are a good writer, you can write a good romance. Mm-hmm. Good being the absolute minimum. <laughs> um, you have to be a really, really good writer with really good storytelling abilities to write a fantastic romance. But I do yeah. think because romance has such a set in stone kind of um, structure. structure that it is one of the easier genres to write in the sense of plot. Mm-hmm. But 
to be you to be able to write characters to be able to write character growth and interactions to be able to write good dialogue takes skill and it takes a lot of time and just because like a book came out in a year doesn't mean they were working 40 hours a week and writing the book during like yeah. nine to five every day like they were probably pushing out like hours and hours and hours every single day and then for you to come around and shit on it when it was just like an okay book feels yeah. icky to me like I don't like doing that and again authors follow me and I like really don't want them to ever have the uncomfortable experience of like my <laughs> video popping up in their view page and I'm like this book sucked like this author can't <laughs> write this was awful blah 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 because on TikTok you don't necessarily have the choice like a Goodreads yeah. review like you can avoid but you can't necessarily avoid a book talker's TikTok about it mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the boundary I've set with myself is that I don't want to crap on books in terms of like the author's writing yeah um there's certain things that I will always bring up um <laughs> every time I read a book with a plus size character I'm always 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 gonna critique if the plus mm-hmm. size character is insecure or not because yeah. it is so frustrating to me as a fat woman to read fat women not liking themselves Mm -hmm. i'm like this has been done it has been done every which way to tuesday it's never done well and it's really (laughs) fucking frustrating yep i think there's a certain level of being hypercritical with reading these days that not a lot of people are doing and i think obviously like we each have our own bias so there are some things that i'm more hypercritical on than others Mm -hmm. maybe right Mm -hmm. um but i think that there are we we I think as a community, book talk lets things slide a little too easily. Yes, I you know, agree. like you said, with plus size representation, and like um, I, we talked about this briefly, but it, our listeners know how much I don't like Evelyn Hugo, <laughs> um, because it's like the worst Latina representation I've read. Like, it, it, why push it if you're not going to do it right? Is my feeling, mm-hmm. um, or like. I, I also mentioned how the only the other main character, I guess she's the main character in the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is black. And she mm-hmm. like in the beginning, her one of her first comments is like about how she dislikes being black. And it's like, mm-hmm. uh, that seems like a very white take on yeah. race. There was another famous author from like the mid like 2010s, like 2015 ish mm-hmm. Rainbow Rowell. Did you ever read any of her books? She wrote like Eleanor and Park and a couple of other books, but in Eleanor and Park, the love interest is this is like a YA book, but the love mm-hmm. interest is um, Korean, mm-hmm. and like his character makes comments about how he doesn't like the shape of his eyes or like doesn't like being Asian and things like this, and it's kind of like okay, well, as a white woman writing yeah. that, right? That's not your opinion to push, no. That's right. Icky. And also most Asian people don't feel like that about how yeah. they look. Right. Like, uh, I think step back. <laughs> let's not yeah. let's not do that. Um, but I think that a lot of maybe non marginalized readers like mm-hmm. let the shit slip so easy. Mm-hmm. And that's how some of these books get so popular. Like Evelyn Hugo. I don't know a single Latina person who likes that book. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. I think <laughs> same with Red, White and Royal Blue. I, om- <laughs> I know almost zero Latina people who like that book <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the that, representation is bad. <laughs> that, that was another book that the biracial character, I was like, ooh, this mm-hmm. is icky. Where, mm-hmm. do the, where do the podcast say icky? 
Um, yeah, but that's that's, that's usually the word of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's another book that I didn't really like, but I just choose not to talk about because mm-hmm. it just it elicits a really bad reaction from yeah. people. And I also like I really like Casey McQuiston's writing. Like One mm-hmm. Last Stop was one of my favorite books that I read last year. Red, White, and Real Blue, I think, was written well. I just think with mm-hmm. the um, uh, biracial character, um, which and I think it's it's a double edged sword because you want authors to write more diverse stories and you want authors to be writing stories about marginalized groups, but on the other flip side of it is the white straight like cis gays is not going to ever understand what it's like to be that marginalized group mm-hmm. and the number one thing people say to writers is to write what you know so it's yeah. hard to kind of ask that of authors but then also know fully well that they're not going to be able to do it justice unless they put in the work to do it justice and yeah most of them are not and I think um, it's really, we're seeing like this uproar of wanting more representation in books, which is great. This uproar mm-hmm. has been there the whole goddamn time. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's just now being answered a little bit more, right? Yeah. Um, but now we're seeing a lot of non-marginalized people writing books with marginalized characters for representation, mm-hmm. which is great. I mm-hmm. would like, that's fine. That's totally fine. Mm-hmm. My thing is, and we talked about this in our call the other day, is yeah. Uh, you need a team. You need yeah, the proper exactly. team and to do the actual work that it takes to write those characters. Because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that not every person is going to pick up on when they're reading. But mm-hmm. if, you've, if you're letting little things slide that are going to be harmful mm-hmm. to those groups, it's better to not write that representation. I agree. <laughs> you know? Like, just don't do it. If you can't, then don't. Because, for example, like, there's there's a few books, like, I read when I was in high school or middle school, right? There's a series mm-hmm. called um, The Daughter of Smoke and Bone. And I used to love that series. It was like my first like fantasy romance mm-hmm. series. And I was like, I'm obsessed. I reread it recently because I was like, oh, I want to like relive those glory days. Mm-hmm. And there were like some quite like Islamophobic oh. like comments in it. And I was like, whoa, like this is catered to 15 and 16 year olds who aren't going to pick up on that no. when they're 15 or 16 because they don't even know what like context of history is right yeah exactly so but that means like you're slipping that into your book because you know you can like you yeah. know your audience your target audience isn't going to pick up on that and call you out for it but you're like putting your own personal manifesto out into the world you know yeah I think writers like you have so much power with what you're writing Mm -hmm. and to take that lightly is kind of silly to me um and then in terms of writing diverse characters like there are so many little things that would be so quickly picked up on by someone Mm -hmm. in that group that if you had one person on your team editing it they would have been (laughs) like yeah no that can't fly like tessa bailey one of my favorite authors i will talk about tessa single day for the rest of my life and never get tired of her (laughs) she wrote one of her it's the hotter hammered series um the second book is called love her or lose her and the characters are people of color one of them is the guy hispanic and then the woman is half hispanic half black Mm -hmm. and she's constantly referring to herself and getting referred to as an african-american 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. black people don't say that. <laughs> like, <laughs> we just say black. Like <laughs> African American, like there are I, there are some people that there are some black people that refer themselves as African American, but for the most part, we aren't because it was a t- term made up by white people to describe mm-hmm. us. Because right. it, it, I don't need to get into this, but like it's. Like, that's something that's so easy to catch. Like, if I caught it the second I started reading it, and I was like, mm, oh, yeah, no, that's that's not right. Like, that's <laughs> incorrect. And, and then again, you got a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, again, if you had one Black person on your team reading this book, they would have said, no, change that to Black. It would have been... right. In her, That's the how I way... feel about Evelyn Hugo with with uh, yeah. Taylor Jenkins Reid. I yeah. said this before when it was just you and me talking, but um, like she's Evelyn Hugo is Cuban, mm-hmm. but and the the only Hispanic man that she marries throughout the whole book, his last name is Diaz, and I've talked mm-hmm. about this before on the podcast, which is like the Diaz phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It is like the only last name that white people know for yeah. <laughs> for Latina characters, mm-hmm. and further, like her dad's character in the book is like a Cuban alcoholic, right? But he always comes home smelling of tequila, which mm-hmm. is just not accurate. If you're going to be racist about it, right? And yeah. stereotype, at least make it accurate. Make it the right stereotype. <laughs> like, come on, people. Do a little research. Oh, it's not so that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard to be an accurate racist. Right. <laughs> Quote of the day. Um. <laughs> that, that being said, we don't promote racism. <laughs> right. Uh, that, was, that was a given. That was a given. Um, yeah. No, and I, I definitely think that these, like, I think... For a long time, the spearheaders of book talk were like white women, yes. right? Yes. And then um, now, like book talk is extremely diverse. But mm-hmm. I feel like white women always want to come in and try to steal everything from everybody else that everyone else is doing, you know? I agree. And which, you know, c- colonialism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's in their blood. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting to see just how boring their trends are. Yeah. Like every once in a while, like just a, a non-diverse reader, white woman will be on my For You page. And mm-hmm. it'll be like, books I read this month, Akatar, The mm-hmm. Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Mm-hmm. Like uh, okay, a, a Penelope <laughs> like, Douglas book. Yeah, 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 yeah. The deal, <laughs> yeah, <hating> yeah. <laughs> literally. And you're like, wow, that's really <laughs> that's something special, isn't it? Yeah. You're very original. Um, yeah. <laughs> your takes are unlike <laughs> any other. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think it's really interesting the way that um, everything has just been shifting around on book talk, and yet you still have these like white people who think they're doing something revolutionary Mm -hmm. you know who are like this is a book that no one else has talked about before or if they have i have a totally different perspective on it yeah no that book's been around for five years dude like somebody has talked about it it looks yeah (laughs) i'm like everyone like the song of achilles has been read it's yep (laughs) to be fair have not read that book yet planning on reading it this year you should however (laughs) 
<laughs> that one's constantly everywhere and i'm like okay i get it yeah <laughs> like i need to read and i it. think that one is like deserving i really did enjoy that when i read it yeah and it did help me that was like one of the first book talk books that i read mm-hmm. and i was like wow this is how how has this been around since 2012 and i've never picked it up mm-hmm. like it, it's very good but it's also one of those things that it's like all right well if it's the only book that a white person's recommending i'm kind of like all right well, yeah <laughs> yeah try I to think- find something original to do and I think that's something that I find myself guilty of. Like, I'm looking at my TBR stack, and it is a lot of white women. Yeah. Like, and that's a product of most of my recommendations are from Book Talk. But I also know, like, myself, and I'm like, Sarah, you can find these other books. Mm-hmm. You just have to put the effort in. And I do, like, want to read way more books that aren't on Book Talk. But I find myself slipping in, like, it's easy to find the recommendations from Book Talk. Right. Um, oh, yeah. So that is, I, I don't want to say a con, but it is, like, it is kind of white. And, like, sometimes I look back at, like, what I read this month and I'm like, oh, that was all white people. <laughs> I like, think it's also the nature it up. Of, of the romance genre. Yes. In general. Yeah. There's, like, a... a for example, right, my local bookstore, I've gone in there before for romance novels. And to be fair, they did change their section recently. It was mm-hmm. very small. and But it was, like, all white authors. Like, yep. I, re- I recall walking up because I was looking for You Had Me at Ola by Alexis Daria. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, these are quite – it's like – and I we love Emily Henry. We stan her. However, Absolutely. It, was just, it was just, like, all Emily Henry and, like – other white authors and and you're like all right well um <laughs> yeah that's not exactly what i was hoping for but this like there's been uh an influx ne- lately i would say of like more diverse romance picks being pushed which is mm-hmm. great i would like more of this but and i feel like it's so hard to get away from the non-diverse picks yeah i think and i think too that's partly on the publishers like they're the ones definitely (laughs) picking the books and pushing them out and the ones that are getting the most marketing are gonna be the white books because that's Mm -hmm. what the publishers are doing (laughs) however i think book talk has the power to Mm -hmm. kind of push our own agenda and i think that's why i put a lot of emphasis on books that i read that i don't think are necessarily popular in book talk um with the exception of beach read and the brown sisters i know those are book talk (laughs) favorites but i and i will post about them every single day if i have to um but like the bromance book club series which is written by a woman or white woman but like i love those books and i don't (laughs) think they're getting like the love that they deserve so i post about those a lot um I think Zenny. Um, I haven't read Zenny yet, but it's by Rebecca Witherspoon. Um, I see like a lot of black book talkers posting about that book, and I cannot wait to read it so I can also post about it and be like, white <laughs> people you need to read this book too. Um, and so I've been trying, I think, to kind of post about the books that other people aren't talking about. Yeah. Um, because like it's really easy to yeah just sit here and talk about the kiss quotient every single day because i love Mm -hmm. the kiss quotient but (laughs) a lot of people which i guess that's a bad example because that is written by an asian woman um (laughs) that was one like it's always all over my for you page um whereas books like 
romance book club or zenny like aren't really there mm-hmm. um so i want to be able to be like here's a book that you're not going to see in your for you page but is really good and you should definitely read it right yeah i i just think it's so interesting how everything has been flowing and how different books are coming into circulation mm-hmm. um and others that aren't and i had something else i was gonna say and then i got distracted because i was looking <laughs> at my bookshelf because i was trying i was thinking of something that i wanted to say <laughs> i don't know what it was <laughs> i was i was looking at my bookshelf that entire time <laughs> yeah i'm all staring off at it like oh i was gonna say something profound damn <laughs> oh oh i remember what i was gonna say um like even like the, the purpose of this podcast was to like talk about hyped up books on book talk right yeah um or the opposite books that people hate on book talk um but every <laughs> once in a while we like to pull in books that just we liked not necessarily ones that we saw yeah. on book talk and i think that that's so fun because there is something i'm not gonna say trendsettery but a little trendsettery right yeah like about, I mean... about like liking something before it gets big yeah I think that's the fun with reading arcs too. Yes. You know, like, like you, you can feel it when you read it. I read an arc in October of a book called the bad luck bridesmaid, which Mm -hmm. came out, I think on January 11th. Um, And it could be as big as beach read. Mm -hmm. I I recall saying that after I finished it and I'm like, nobody's picked it up yet. And so I'm like, does it have to be me? Do I have to make the TikTok? you know but who knows i think it's uh, scary <laughs> yeah it is it is there's something terrifying about posting about a book that people aren't reading like the first time i posted about the bromance book club i was like kind of scared because i was like this is no one's talking about this i only picked it up because i saw it at barnes and noble it was like that's a funny title like the idea of a bunch of men reading romance books to try and get like back in relationships is hysterical to me Uh (laughs) and so i was like okay let's read this and then the books are laugh out loud funny like they're very silly they're not i guess the best romances and but they're so funny and i really (laughs) like most of the characters (laughs) there's a couple (laughs) characters there's like um the second and third book are really focused on um like sexual assault trauma okay but in the third book i think they deal with it fine the second book it's the it doesn't happen to either of the main characters so it's them like reflecting Mm. on it happening and the woman the female love interest has like a very victim blaming attitude because she's like this strong independent woman and like her dad left when she was little so like she's very like it's supposed to i think reflect that like strong feminist vibe but coming like you're i don't think you're supposed to like her i think you're supposed to like the bra girl yeah essentially (laughs) but it doesn't really get resolved oh okay but the book itself is really good (laughs) but because it's a romance she's half of the plot so every time i post about it i'm like okay here's the thing you might not like live (laughs) however you're gonna really like mac and you're gonna really like the rest of the story that's so funny i think that's the thing about books too is like everybody has a different way of viewing characters yes and i think it's really interesting to see like you can give a character traits that are likable by the majority Mm -hmm. right but not everyone is still gonna like this character yeah 
and, think- and you and I talked about this briefly because I I have like a mid feeling for it happened one summer because of Brendan. He's just not yeah. my cup of tea. But I love Piper so yes. much. And I love the story. I love the concept of the story. It's so great. But just Brendan's brooding character is just not my cup of tea for a love interest. But that's okay. You know what yeah. I mean? That's like, but that's the thing with these especially in the romance category is you can write a love interest, but is it going to be a love interest that everybody collectively Mm -hmm. is going to like, you know, everybody's got a different type. For example, right. You'd no longer see authors writing blonde love interests anymore. No, because in general, nobody likes that. No, I frequently, frequently say grown blonde adult men are like red flags i know (laughs) it's not their fault they're blonde i agree completely (laughs) but there's something so odd to me about a fully grown adult man (laughs) that is blonde (laughs) agree there's just something that that smells like privilege and asshole demeanor (laughs) like i so i i don't like i don't like reading about them i like a nice dark haired love interest that i can project and pretend they're not white <laughs> yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, 100 percent. even like sammy and i read for over our christmas specials we read this book called duke actually and the main mm-hmm. love interest is a blonde man mm-hmm. uh and this was the first time i think we've ever been like he was tolerable like he yeah. was he was i liked him it was okay mm-hmm. like, it was it, this was the only time a blonde man in a book can be good and that and nikolai from the shadow and bone grisha verse that they are the only two blonde men <laughs> in I think, existence i think one of the only blonde men i've read was it's called the kissing game by marie hart um and oh, he is uh-huh. he's a blonde blue-eyed german guy oh man <laughs> and so it's you're thinking you're like a uh, red flag <laughs> however <laughs> so the the author is i believe white um and the but the love interest is a black woman and she's actually a very well written black woman for being written by a white author okay um and so there's an aspect of racism because they live in this like very small town and all mm. it, the the series is up surrounding these like auto body shops and the men that work there mm. um i've only read this one but so it's very like almost like biker vibes um okay so there's like the good guys essentially and then the the there's bad guys who are like super racist and they make several comments to the male love interest they're like oh like this like come with like the aryan brothers like you're like not oh my god you're with us like straight up like straight up racist shit and he's like uh yeah no i know you hear my german accent and you see me but i like fuck that i don't associate with (laughs) absolutely fucking not (laughs) i'm like okay i'm glad i i don't know if we needed to throw the racism in here but at least we're addressing it in a proper way (laughs) and he it's so tricky and it's very tricky but he's i loved him and i think he he was a very like fun love interest it was one i also love he i like when guys are like way more into the girl in books i think it's i think it's um and he was obsessed with her and it it was so cute it was so good that's a book I need to oh. talk about more in book talk. <laughs> Mood. I know. I feel like after after our discussion the other day, I'm like, damn, now I got a bunch of other shit I got to add to my right? TBR. Right? <laughs> I, I literally, a- I'm going to break my, I'm going to break my book buying ban because of you. I need to read yes. You Met Me at Ola. That's yes. a thing I need to do. I, I bought, um, a bit, bit, bit. I bought a <laughs> book cart 
uh, in like September. And so my thing has been, mm-hmm. if the book cart is full, I'm not allowed to buy books. Mm-hmm. If it is down to two shelves full and the oh. last one isn't, I can buy books. But okay. you cannot, I cannot go past filling it. Or- That's fair. My- <laughs> so, I mean, to be fair, this book cart holds like at least <laughs> 60 yeah. books. Yeah. <laughs> My so I, I can buy books currently, but I'm trying not to. <laughs> my current um need to buy books is based off of if I add another book to the pile, will it fall over? <laughs> um, and I, I think I think it will. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> so right now I need to read like two or three more books before I can justify buying any more. My only other justification when I'm on a book buying ban is I'm allowed to buy books for the podcast. Yes. But for the next, uh, like, two months of books we have planned, they're all trilogies, oh. pretty much, like, or a duology. So, like, mm-hmm. the next one we're doing after in, like, three episodes is a duology. Then we have the Brown Sisters trilogy, mm-hmm. and then we have the something in the Nightingale or something. I don't know, but that's a trilogy, too. We didn't know it was a trilogy until I went to go <laughs> buy it. And then I was like, oh, no, why are there two books that also look like this book? Oh, great. <laughs> but, and then we have, like, another duology we're covering. Oh, my God. I'm just like, all right, well, I guess, like, I'm kind of on a book buying bin. <laughs> yeah. Oopsies. But I'm kind of not. Um, now I have to see. buy, like, five books. <laughs> I know. Well, I think, like, having COVID and being locked inside has been kind of a blessing in that regard because yeah. I have been – dying to go to the bookstore Mm -hmm. uh i say to make content for tiktok but it's usually just to buy things there yeah um and i think it's been good that i've been having to stay at home um yeah my wallet thanks me one of my favorite weekend activities is going to that we have this big used bookstore in burlington mass Mm -hmm. um and i'll just go and like I know for a fact, like, the books I'm getting there are not books that I'm going to read. It's just, they're, like, $5. Oh, and I'm like, yes. sustainability. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it's, a, it's affordable. And mm-hmm. um, you're, you're buying used, which is good. Yes. You know? That's how I feel when I go to Powell's. They have, like, their used books and their new books yeah. kind of mixed in between with each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll see just the price difference. And that's how you can tell. Because they all look yeah. new. Yeah. They yeah, it almost. They books really well. It hits my like book buying urge, but I'm only spending mm-hmm. like I bought four books a couple weekends ago. I got three, three Sherlock <laughs> Holmes books. Why, like why OG I... Sherlock Holmes or like like yeah, like I got okay. The Hound of the Baskervilles, which oh, was like my, my favorite story when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, got a really, really pretty like adventures of Sherlock Holmes, and then another how what is the event? What does the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes one look like? Is it is it the Barnes and Noble edition that was resold? No, so it's little okay. and it's like oh, maroon cute. velvet with <gasps> gold embossed like lettering and like <gasps> filigree situation on it. Oh my goodness! It's beautiful and it was like eleven dollars. Oh my god! And God, I was I like that. sold. And then I bought Little Women, which I told myself I was going to read this year. I have read two chapters. And have not touched it. That's how I feel with Pride and Prejudice. Like, I feel like some people would crucify me for saying that I just can't get through it, but I just can't get through it. I, the only reason I read Pride and Prejudice was because I read it in high school, but I didn't actually read it. I read the schmoop (laughs) of it, which is spark notes, but funny. Yep. Um, but I have, do I have, no, I think I only have one. I have one, like, I have the Barnes and Noble copy, um, because it's pretty. I I do too. And it's a romance. And I'm like, as a romance lover, I have to own this book. 
Right? I know. And I, I tried to read it last year. I even, like, got the audiobook to pair it mm-hmm. with, like, you know, to make me feel like, okay, I'm listening to actors reading yeah. it, you know? And nope, I still couldn't nope. do it. I couldn't even get through two chapters. Nope. I was like, I'm sorry. I know people love this. I it's can't. <laughs> I, need, I needed my AP English teacher to explain it to me, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to be able to read now. I'm very good friends with an English teacher I had in high school, and Mm -hmm. we we often trade book suggestions and things like this. And recently we were at a bookstore together, and she was like, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I actually hate poetry, and I hate the classics. (laughs) And I was like, I was standing there cackling. I was like, this is too funny. She's like, never repeat that, but here I am repeating that. That's funny. You know. You know if, how I, it is. if I could be an English teacher and pick the books and the books were romances with mm-hmm. like a dash of like those like early 2000s classics, then sign mm-hmm. me up. But if yeah. I have to explain Shakespeare to a group of high schoolers, <laughs> miss, I am not going to be able to do it. So, <laughs> yeah. Can we teach a Shakespearean retelling instead? Exa- yeah. Can we watch She's the Man yes. and pretend yes. it's the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> we were uh we were talking about this in our last episode because we read i don't know if you've ever read if you come softly by jacqueline I, woodson i have not okay beautiful very short ya romance but um i read it for the first time in 2018 mm-hmm. and then we were like oh let's do it in the podcast and we figured out that there was a second book to it and we were oh. like oh this is crazy love that three years later um and when I went to reread it, the front page has like a commentary by the author mm-hmm. and it mentions in the first line that it's a Romeo and Juliet retelling. And I'm like, wow, am I just that dumb that I didn't pick that up the first time I read it? Cause it's really obvious that it is. That's funny. To be oh fair, I think Romeo and Juliet is done so often that yeah. we now forget that that's what it's originally referencing. Right. Especially so if I- the names are not Romeo and Juliet. Yes. I think because that it's just a classic like at that point it's enemies to lovers yeah and so I think if there's not two very aggressive feuding families yeah. or like a s- double suicide death situation at the end yeah yes. then I'm not going to pick up on the fact that it's Romeo and Juliet <laughs> no, and then, but after learning that I was like oh my god it really is isn't it yeah. it's crazy <laughs> I'm just dumb <laughs> all right do you have any further things you'd like to discuss um no i think that's everything um i do want to tell your readers that they should read um beach read obviously and did i say tell your readers tell your listeners oh my goodness you know i didn't even notice it so (laughs) (laughs) they're readers they read they are readers tell your readers who are also your listeners yes if you're listening go read uh (laughs) Read like Beach Read. The episode. After you finish the episode, read Beach Read if you haven't, because if you haven't, you're missing out. Mm-hmm. And the Brown Sisters trilogy, which I know you're, we're covering who, soon. So who, who knows? Perhaps we'll see Sarah again for a mysterious <laughs> episode on a book trilogy that she likes. <laughs> a book trilogy that she does not stop talking about. <laughs> that was the whole reason we picked it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. I think that's where we're gonna leave it for this episode. Thank you for joining me today, Sarah. I really, really, really enjoyed our discussion. Uh, you're so fun. Um, you've got such an interesting perspective from book talk and just in life in general. Uh, we'd love to have you back anytime. So who knows? Yeah, mm-hmm. this was really fun. I'd love to come back in the future. 
soon, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Hey. (laughs) If anybody is listening and you're a reader, this is what we call foreshadow. Before we part, we just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Host Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhostpod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I'm Sam Dixon. And I'm Sarah Thompson. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.